The following Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, October 10th, 2022. The woman in your life will do what she must do to comfort you and calm you down and let you rest now. The woman in your life, she can rest so easily. She does everything you Hello, everybody, and welcome to Women's Spaces. My name is Elaine B. Holt, and I'm your host. And with me at the board is my friend, my partner, my engineer, my co-producer, Ken Norton. Good morning, Ken. Good morning. What a beautiful day it is here in Sonoma County. Well, this I'm dedicating this show. This show is dedicated to those ordinary women who are doing, doing extraordinary things. And to begin with, uh, joining me in the studio will be Mariana Jeremiah and Becky Montgomery, two of the organizers that co- coordinated in solidarity with the Women's March, the gathering uh, on, uh, I believe it was on Sunday, in Courthouse Square, which is yesterday, in downtown uh, Santa Rosa. Actually, no, it was Saturday. It was on October 8th. Please forgive me for that one. We'll be talking about the Women's March and the participation in our area. You know, also joining me in the studio is going to be Jasmine Palmer from Athena House. Jasmine is one of uh, was one, is a one-time resident and now is an advocate for Athena House, and she was instrumental in finding a funding source to keep Athena House program open and in operation. Oh my goodness, I am so excited about that 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 happened. She will be giving us an update about the program. You know, it's very important that we know how Athena House, actually, I consider it being saved. And a big shout out to those people who organized it and who worked to make sure that this was happening. You know, it's very important that we have women's programs like Athena House in our area that are strictly for women, when, especially when they're in for recovery. And what happens when you have an all-women's program, there's no diversion, you know, with the relationship stuff, et cetera. They just work on the issues they have at hand. Well, I want to shout out, I want to do a shout out to all those who participated on October 8th nationally and here in the North Bay in the Women's March. This is part of the Women's Wave of 2022. Women's rights, you know, with the shout out is that women rights are human rights and you know the thing that I really cannot understand I mean it's just mind-boggling to me you know we as women you know I I'm I consider myself a spiritual person not a religious person but when I look at the way the uh the world works women have been charged with the assignment of bringing life into the world you know, we carry children for nine months. I have another baby coming into my family and actually a set of twins. It's amazing. And watching the, the stomach grow and, and the excitement and the, and the waiting and the anticipation. Well, it's growing in that woman's body. You know, it's growing in this woman's body, just like a plant. When you plant a seed for a vegetable, that you put the seed in the ground and it grows and it brings you food. You put a seed in a woman and it grows inside of her and she brings forth life. And that's why I am so adamant and really believe that whether you have children or not, it does really not matter. You still have that capacity. And it's your, I believe, because we've had that assignment that we bring in life, that we are all responsible for, for life, for the children, for the future. And we all have to stand together in solidarity. 
And that's what the Women's March is all about, is trying to come and bring people together, bring women particularly together in solidarity and standing up and saying, listen, we want a future for our children. We want a future for ourselves. We want a future for the planet. I mean, it's so important that we pay attention to these things. You know, October 8th was to make the statement loud and clear. Just loud. I mean, when you think about it, loud and clear, the statement is we demand our rights. And we want to support freedom for everyone, regardless of gender. And we want to be able to control our own bodies, our own choices, and our own lives. You know, I don't understand why people have such an issue with choice. You know, I am not for abortion. I am not against abortion. I am for choice. You know, you want to have an abortion, that's your business. You don't want to have an abortion, that's your business. It's not my business. It's not the government's business. It's not the police's business. I mean, I was just thinking about what happened, what's happening in Iran with all the women that have been protesting. And this one woman, you know, she just happened to have a little, a little uh, hair sticking out from her, from her covering. And they call themselves the morality police. I mean, can you believe that, the morality piece? Because she had a piece of hair sticking out, they arrested her and beat her, and then she died? Can you imagine if they had that in our country? I mean, that's what they're trying to set up. I mean, there are some states that are saying if you have an abortion or if you're at an abortion uh, clinic, they, they can give you $10,000 if you report that woman and the possibility of her going to jail. You know, it's mind-boggling to me. And how any woman who's listening out there can stand for this is beyond me or support this. I mean, it's all about choice. You know, why are you have to, why do you have to govern my body? I, I, it, it's beyond me. I don't understand that. You know, when we're looking at today, October 8th, when they had the march, it was actually 31 days until Election Day. And people are more fired up, more and more women are registering to vote, which is so important. You know, it took us 70 years to get the vote. You know, it took African-American women another 70 years before they could even vote. So voting is very, very important. And that's the, one of the, one of the, that's the, that's the foundation of a democracy. And also when you vote... Don't just vote because, oh, well, someone sent you a fancy flyer or, or something. Study. Look at, look at who is voting. You know, one of the things that I found really interesting is that in today's age that we, we can do, we can vote by mail. And one of the most exciting things for me was the first time that we voted for mail was when Ken and I could sit down and analyze and talk to each other. It took us about an hour. You know, we had all kinds of different opinions from different organizations that we read and we looked at. We talked about it with each other. We had a few debates back and forth because he wanted me to vote for something and I wanted him to vote for something. And then we made a decision together. And it really, it felt so, it felt so important to me. I felt so empowered making that vote. So it's really important that we all vote. You know, when you look at some of the things that are going on in the world, you know, if we don't vote, well, what does it mean? I'm going to play a song before my guest comes on called By My Silence, I Give My Consent. If you don't vote, then you say, hey, whatever you want to do is fine. You know, you want to get rid of, uh, you know, women's right to choose, that's fine. I'm not going to vote, you know. You know, whatever you want to do, like la, la, la. No, that's not the way it goes. We live in a democracy. I love my country. 
I love that I'm 82 years old and I've had so many freedoms my whole life. When I look at some of the things that are happening with these women in Iraq, I didn't have to suffer through that. But let me tell you something, ladies. If we don't pay attention, we're going to have a morality police. You know, say, hey, wait a minute, you know, you, you're not, you're, your skirt's too high. I remember when I was in school that we used to have dress codes. It was awful. I got, I literally got put on suspension for a whole week because I came to school in black pedal pushers, a black turtleneck, gold earrings, and red lipstick. I wasn't hurting anybody. They made such a big deal about it. You would think that I was a criminal, and then I had to come back and wear these skirts that I hated. I would mean, I felt, when I first was able to wear pants to school, let me tell you something, I felt liberated. But at one time, that wasn't happening, ladies. And also, these young women, I see these young, beautiful women walking around with tattoos all over their bodies. Hey, I support that, because it's their choice. I'm not going to do it for myself. But that's their choice, and I support that choice. And let me tell you something. When I was in school, in high school, I tattooed my initials on my arm. My mother had them dug out. And let me tell you something. There was such a rigmarole, I almost got expelled from school because of it. So you have to look at those things. You know, we have gained so much as women in the past 50 years that we do not want to go back. But we will go back if we don't stand up and let our voices be heard. So a shout out to everyone who showed up on March 8th. And I'll tell you, I was personally very disappointed because in our community alone, there should have been at least 500 to 1,000 women out there. There should have been so much room. We couldn't even, we probably, we couldn't even find space for every woman that's out there saying, no, enough is enough. You're not going to take my right to choose away from me. Lots to think about, folks. Lots to think about. Well, I have a few announcements to make. You know, today is Indigenous, actually it's tomorrow, but this seems like we're celebrating it today. Today is Indigenous Peoples Day. It's a holiday that the United States has celebrates and honors Native American peoples and commemorate, com com boy, I'll tell you, let's see, honors, <laughs> I'll use a simpler word, their histories and cultures. On October 8, 2021, United States President Yay Joe Biden became the first U.S. president to, nor to formally recognize the holiday by signing a presidential proclamation declaring October 11, 2021, which was the first time, and today they're celebrating it on October 10th, to be national, to be a national holiday. It is celebrated across the United States on the second Monday in October and is an official city and state holiday in various localities. It began as a counter-celebration held on the same day as the U.S. federal holiday of Columbus Day, which honors uh, Genesis-born explorer uh, Christopher Columbus. Amazing. So happy Indigenous uh, Day to all our Indigenous women and men out there listening. Well, I have another, I have another announcement to make, and it's from my friend Susan Lamont handed, uh, emailed this to me. She's very much involved with it. I love Susan. I, I want to give her a, I want to give her the John Lewis Award, Making Good Trouble. I love that. And I just want to read this to you. Many activist groups around the country have come together under the umbrella of defuse nuclear war 
to call attention to the increasing and highly volatile threat, oh, it's so scary, folks, of nuclear war. Defuse Nuclear War was called for a week of action, and then there's a website called defusenuclearwar.org. And, of course, like we always say, you can find everything that we're talking about here on our website, www.womenspaces. And it looks like the first gathering here in Sonoma County is going to be on Saturday, October 15th. It's called the National Day of Action. It's going to be from 11 to 1 p.m. at Old Courthouse Square in Santa Rosa. It says, say no to nukes. And I actually have a phone number here if you have any questions or encourage. By the way, call your newspapers and say, we want this covered. Defuse nuclear weapons. You know, right now they're saying that we're on the brink of nuclear war. I mean, this is no joke. This is not funny anymore. You know, we don't have time to waste. We have to come out and say, no, we do not want nukes in this world. Uh, But here's the phone number, 707-889-3021. That's 707-889-3021. Well, I'll tell you, I hope to see a lot of people out there. It's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, I don't understand it, to be honest with you. I mean, I'm going to be, I'm a great grandmother for the second time. All you you great grandmothers out there, by this time we would be in the Native American consular saying no wars, no more wars. No more sacrificing of the children or our men and women. I mean, war is, if war, you know, just think about this. If war was the answer, we would have had peace a long time ago. Well, that's a lot. You know, I guess I'm on my, I'm on a rant today. There's so much going on, you know. I mean, I just, I just, I couldn't believe it when I heard President Trump say that he wants to destroy all our archives you know, our national archives with all, all the information that we have. And I thought to myself, oh, my God, what is going on in this world? Anyway, we have a very special event on October 17, 2022, that's going to be that the National Organization for Women, uh, the Sonoma County chapter, is going to be uh, presenting. It's a Zoom. It's going to be from 6 to 7 o'clock, and it's going to be featuring uh, Rosita Stephen Halsley. And she is the niece, she is the niece of Anna Pauline Polly Murray, who was an American civil rights activist who became a lawyer, gender equality advocate, Episcopalian priest and author and she was very 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 tied in with Ruth Bader Ginsburg she wrote many 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 of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's uh, briefs and so I really encourage women to be out there I want to see a hundred people at this at this uh, at this event you know it's very very interesting this is the closest that you can come to a history I mean Polly Murray is one of my heroes I mean she stood up she not only stood up for women she stood up for people of color she stood up for women's rights voting rights, you name it. I mean, she was an amazing, amazing woman. So that's going to be October 17th, uh, 2022. You'll find all the information. You can go to nowsonoma.org. That's their Facebook, and they'll have all the information there. And otherwise, you can go to Women's Spaces, www.womenspaces, and everything you need to know, everything you wanted to ask is right there. Well, you know, like I try to do every Monday, we do a little thing called Our History is Our Strength. And, you know, on October 11th, 
She was born 1884, and she made her transition in 1962. I want to say happy birthday to one of my heroes, and that's Eleanor Roosevelt. She was a civil rights advocate, a feminist, an author, a world diplomat, and former first lady of the United States with uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt from 1933 to 1945. She was an amazing woman. She really was. She was the one who was responsible for writing and helping to bring forward the Declaration of Human Rights. You know, it's very interesting that it took all those years to finally have a Declaration of Human Rights, and they also have a Declaration of Children's Rights, and we need to pay more attention to that. We really do. It's very, very important. So happy birthday, Eleanor. You know, you have, have impacted my life just watching the, your history and how you stood up and you, you traveled and you really, you really came forward for women and for the country. I mean, if it wasn't for you, a lot of things would not have been in place. So happy birthday to you. And then on another happy birthday, I think, is very important. This woman was born on October 12, 1908, and she made her, uh, her transition in 1997, it was Ann Petrie. And she was a reporter for African-American newspapers in the 1930s. And she wrote the book called The Street. It was the first African-American novel to sell more than a million copies. Now, just imagine, here's a woman born in 1908, you know, and here she wrote this book called The Street. She's the first African-American woman to sell a novel for over a million copies. What a, what a, what a risk she took, not only just writing it, but sending it to all the publishers and getting it published. I mean, back then, women of color were not looked upon very favorably. I mean, I'm happy to see that has changed here on 2022, but it still, it still could be a, better, a little bit better. Let me tell you a little bit about The Street. The Street is a novel published in 1946 by African-American writer Anne Petrie. It was set in World War II era Harlem. It centers on the life of Ludie Johnson. Uh, Perry's novel is a commentary on the social injustice that confronted her character. Ludie Johnson was a single black mother in this period. So you can just imagine, you know, it's hard enough to be a mother, but a single mother, it's hard enough to be a white single mother, but a black single mother. I mean, think about that. And still this woman made her mark on the world. She stood up and said, I'm going to speak out. I'm going to say what is going on and let people know, get out from, you know, get out from hiding all these things. Well, there's a lot to think about, and I want to take a, new, a musical break before we, uh, before, we come, before we bring our guest on. And the song I picked is By My Silence, sung by Sonia and the Disappear Fear Gang. That's a great name, <laughs> Sonia and the Disappear Fear Gang. I just, I just marvel at some of the names they come, they come up with. It's a perfect song for these toms. You know, women are not going backwards. We want to go forward. But by our silence, if we don't stand up, if we don't vote, we're giving our consent. We're giving our consent for people to have control over our bodies, mind, and spirit. You know, women need to be at the forefront. 
You know, we need to stand up for our children. We need to stand up for the schools. We need to stand up with climate change for our future. I mean, I'm looking at Florida. I mean, I cannot believe every time I turn on Facebook and I see these pictures of what happened with the hurricane. But at the same time, I think to myself, wait a minute, we've had 50 years of warning. We have had 50 years where people are saying this is going to happen. We're going to have tornadoes and hurricanes and uh, beyond what we have ever experienced in our lifetime. And here they are flooding. I mean, the ocean's just coming in and just destroying, you know, beach towns that will never come back again. We've had warnings about this. Almost 80 people died because of it. You know, you can say, oh, it's, oh, it's Florida. But it's not just Florida. It's all across the globe now. And if we don't stand up, and if we don't write our congressmen, write our senators, write our, our public people, pay attention to who you vote for locally. If we don't do these things, it's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. So we really have to pay attention. I mean, that's the beauty of being a democracy. We can vote. We could change people. You know, if we don't like the way this guy does it, we can put somebody else in. But for heaven's sakes, let's make sure that we don't get any climate deniers in there and we don't get any deniers that are denying that the election was was not, you know, was not proper, was not legal, so to speak. I mean, it's very important that we pay attention. So we're going to go ahead, Ken, and we're going to take a little break. We're going to be playing By My Silence sung by Sonia and the Disappear Fear. It's a perfect song for these times. As women, we, like I said, we are not going back. We are going forward and refuse to be silenced. Choice over our bodies, I believe, is our right. I believe in choice, and as I said repeatedly, support choice. Abortion is a choice that every woman has a right to make. It's her body. She's the one who's responsible for that child. If she doesn't feel that it's right to bring it into the world, she has a right to make that choice. And if we're so concerned about children, just make sure they have more medical, better education, the ones that are already here, and keep them out of wars, for heaven's sakes. I mean, I, I, I just don't understand this, this fury over, over abortion, why aren't they doing the same fury over wars, over, over hunger, over homelessness? I mean, there's so many things that are a lot more important than this. Anyway, I'm really excited. When we come back, we're going to be talking about the uh, October 8th gathering in downtown Sonoma County. And I'm happy I'll be having two wonderful guests with me. And that I have uh, Marina Jermaya and Becky Montgomery. And they're going to talk about the event that happened on Saturday. Go ahead, Kent. Let's play that song. One, two... I'm not a communist, so when it came for the communists, I held my tongue. Like a good neighbor, I minded my own business and trusted justice was done. I didn't ask what was their crime, it was their sadness, it was not mine. I didn't care where they were sent. By my silence, I gave my consent. By my silence, I gave my consent. I'm not Jewish, so. 
So when they came for the Jews, I had nothing to say. Branded with stars, herded like cattle into boxcars, and then taken away. I didn't ask what was their crime. It was their sadness. It was not mine. I didn't care where they were sent. By my silence, I gave my consent. By my silence, I gave my consent. that song by my silence I give my consent I have a confession to make up to my 30th year I was very silent I thought oh well you know I don't have to do this I don't have to do that but once I became a mother and once I began to see some of the injustice I'll never forget the watch riot when I saw that I was trying to bring milk to the children and I couldn't believe it I couldn't believe that there were children crying in the streets and this horrible thing was going on and I said no I will never be silent again well, for you just joining, I want to remind my listeners the opinions expressed here are not necessarily the opinions of the station, its board of directors, its members, and Women's Spaces. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holt. And without further ado, I want to add guests. Joining me in the studio is Jermaine Maria would you pronounce your name so I have it correct, for heaven's sake? You're fine. Marina Jurema. Jurema. Marina Jurema. Yes. Well, welcome, Marina and Becky Montgomery, who are two ordinary women who just accomplished an extraordinary event on Saturday, October 8th in downtown Santa Rosa. So welcome, both of you, to Women's Spaces. And before we begin, I would like to tell my listeners a little bit about you. Is that okay? Yes. Well, also, the descriptions that I'm going to give are definitely ordinary women. So I'm not getting into education or anything, but just exactly what you wanted me to say. Marini is a 28-year-old woman born and raised in California. 
I'm also a native Californian, by the way. She has lived in Roner Park for over a uh, little over three years and currently works as a full-time caregiver. She has been invested in politics since she was about 15 or 16. Mariana recently started organizing and volunteering on a more serious level and is looking forward to getting more practice and experience. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome. You know, you did an amazing thing. It was a Thank great you. event downtown. I'm sorry there weren't more people, but that's not your fault. But you did a great, great job. And let me remind if I tell our folks a little bit about you, Becky. No, I wouldn't mind. Go well, ahead. Becky Montgomery was born in 1943. I'm her elder. <laughs> <Both>. <laughs> Three years. <laughs> Both her extended families lived in Los Angeles Basin. When she was three years old, her father became an Air Force pilot. Moving around a lot, she attended 22 schools throughout her lifetime. She spent eight and a half years of her childhood in El Paso, Texas, where she lived in a burial for several months. And her parents were Republicans. When she was 14, this is very interesting, her father was lost while tracking hurricanes. So he would have been involved in something like what's happening in Florida. He'd be looking and, and traveling with the hurricane. And what, what, you lived in the burial, was that, a, was that an impacting moment for you, living in that type of environment? Oh, yes. I was the only child who didn't speak Spanish as my first language there on the uh, playground, so it was kind of challenging sometimes. But it also made me sensitive to the fact that there are people in this world who come in speaking other languages. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, if you bring up a good point, you know, being sensitive to other people is very important, you know, yeah. and how, you know, I live, I live uh, over in, uh, in Santa Rosa here, it's called Indian Village, and it's very diverse, extremely mm-hmm. diverse. I think we have about 16 languages, but oh, wow. the things that we learn by being in diverse neighborhoods and by meeting different, you know, it, it becomes less threatening. Yeah. You know, if you know, familiarity brings comfort, as far as I'm concerned. And also, uh, Mariana, you started. You felt you became aware of politics when you were 15. Was that any impacting moment or anything that you can remember that what 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 kind of got you going? Uh, well, when I was in high school, uh, Prop 8 was uh, on the ballot, so that was a really big, impactful moment for me because growing up as a queer person, it was very scary to see all this rhetoric around gay marriage and a lot of hate going around. And the first person I was able to vote for when I was 18 was Barack Obama, so that was very impactful on me. It's a very awesome election. So just, I was growing up in a really critical moment around queer rights and having the first black president, so yeah. Well, you know, it's, you know it's, what's very interesting about this interview is that we're very generational here. Yeah. You know, we have you have a very young person. We have the next guest is kind of in the middle of the yeah. road, and then here we are, the the elders here. So it's it's really diverse, and it's really good to hear those things. How people get involved. Involved. Well, let's start with you. Uh, talk. Let's talk about talk about the women's march and what mo- made it, motivated you to organize and and support the national march on October eighth. And how did you and Becky happen to come together? Uh, well, me and Becky met through her postcarding program that she does for the Sonoma Democrats, I believe. And Indivisible. Yeah, and Indivisible. Um, so that's how we met. We had, we've known each other for a couple months now. Um, and as far as the Women's March, I had been seeing it on Instagram, and I've been really, um, I've been seeing all the protests around the world, whether it's the Iranian woman or the people in, um, like two weeks ago when Putin announced that he was going to mobilize 300,000 people or something. 
seeing all the um, moms yelling at the police there saying, why are you taking our sons, that sort of stuff. And just seeing people protesting in a, a place where you can get thrown in jail for just holding a sign up yeah. and seeing that we have the opportunity in America to be able to stand and hold a sign that says, you know, something bad about our leader, but we have a, we have the right to do that. We have the right to stand up against um, laws that are impacting us. You know, it's interesting that you talk about that when you say that we could stand up and mm-hmm. we could talk into these. When, you know, when the founders wrote our Constitution, they, they came from oppression. Yeah. You know, it's just like why they gave us freedom of religion, because they knew in their gut exactly what religion had done to them. Yeah. So it's it's very very important. So that they're great. That had that inspired you. How about you, Becky? What what inspired you? And I understand you just said you're part of Indivisible. And what else do you do for the Democrats? Oh, I'm also uh, besides the postcarding and hosting a couple of postcard parties a week. Um, I also am a receptionist there and just help out wherever they can use it. So you volunteer a volunteer. Yeah. <laughs> what 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 inspires you to volunteer? Yeah, so many things. Um, you mentioned I grew up in a military family, so we were very aware of what was happening out in the world, and we understood that that mattered. What was happening to everybody was going to influence us. And uh, Mom was very involved in the United Nations, and then in college I had an instructor who was a strong Democrat, and he really motivated us to get out and and do something and support the ACLU and all the good groups. So again, environment influenced you. Mm-hmm. Both lot. of you were influenced mm-hmm. by environmental. Then also paying attention, like you said, you were, Mariana, you were part of a, a, a time when things are really moving, having an African-American president, you know, also all the different things that, that went on. Well. Talk about the march a little bit. Why don't you talk a little bit about the march and tell us what what what, what were some of the steps you took and what 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 how did it happen and, and yeah and who were you supporting? Talk a little bit about that. Well, the women's march going on in D.C. I was supporting that. Um, that's the same people that uh, did the women's march in 2019 after Donald Trump got elected. Um, so they were having a countrywide marches in support of that. Um, And how I started it was I just kind of, I have an Instagram where I uh, talk about things that are going on locally and uplift other protests that are going on. And I kind of was just like, there was one in San Francisco and I'm like, I don't want to drive all the way to San Francisco. (laughs) And so I just was like, let's just do one in Santa Rosa because I've been to a couple protests in Santa Rosa. Um, And Becky here, she has a lot of contacts in the uh, volunteers uh, sphere. So uh, I just kind of set it up, and she got the word out. And then I also emailed a couple local, like the Indivisible for Marin and Indivisible for Sonoma County helped me get the word out, Um, and a couple Instagram accounts as well. So it was really last minute, so I was surprised that so many people showed up. I think there was about 75 to 100 people probably. Um, But, you know, I think a lot of people are really, they understand that, the midterms coming up are crucial um, for women and for everyone all across the country. Um, so I just think that it was important to have this at this time to show that we're not going to back down. We're not going to go quietly. Like we're going to raise our voice and speak up. 
Where where did you get where did you get your confidence? I mean, that was a that was a big step you took. You know, you decide, hey, I'm going to organize this march. I mean, where 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 did you what did you pull? Where did I you mean, pull your confidence from? Honestly, it's seeing the Iranian woman in the past two weeks. What they're doing is, I mean, I would watch the videos of them burning their hijabs and stuff like that, and just get full body goosebumps because I can't imagine. I mean, it's for me, it's not courageous. I guess it is a little bit courageous to stand on the corner of, you know, Courthouse Square, but I'm not at any risk. Nothing is going to happen to me. Like, I'm not going to get arrested. I'm not going to... Nothing Nothing critical is going to happen to me where people in Iran are, you know, they can get killed. They can get thrown in jail. They can get... The same thing in Russia. You stand up against the war, you can get thrown in jail. You can get fined. Um, so I just felt like it was my duty to keep this in the in everyone's headspace. Well, I think that's amazing. Yeah. Because I think that's very important. Like what you said, you know, you're looking at the Iranian women, you know, there but per fortune go you or I. And something can change overnight. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at when you look at uh, you know, I'm a I, I don't know if I want to call it a student, but I studied the Holocaust a lot. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that really is a very apparent to me is this was a very civilized culture. This was, they were very educated. You know, there was certain, you know, I mean, I understand there was poverty and what happened after World War One that they had these in, in, tremendous debts, that there was unemployment, all those things were happening. But at the same time, they still had culture. Mm-hmm. You know, it was an old country. You know, they had Jews that were living there for centuries. They had Jews that actually fought in World War One. They got medals of honor. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one day, all of a sudden, they're kicking you out of your home. And they got they they made laws. It's just like they're trying to make the laws now against abortion. Yeah. I mean, it's the same kind of thing. So we really have to pay attention. So I really want to validate you. Thank you. For having that kind of awareness. You know that you said you're you're looking at another country, and you're saying I don't have to deal with this, mm-hmm. but because I don't have to deal with it, I feel a sense of obligation, a sense of moral conviction that I have to stand up. And I have to say something. So I really want to, I just want to acknowledge you for that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I, and I apologize for mispronouncing. Oh, you're fine. No, I just really, I, I tell you, it's just, uh, I'm getting that reputation. I I don't understand. Maybe (laughs) it's something in my brain. And Becky, what about you? All right. So all of a sudden you get this call to come out and help. Now, what, what motivated you? We were at the postcard party together when Marina brought it up, and I was so impressed that she wanted to take on such a giant task. Um, so I said, you know, I know a few people. I can give you emails that you can contact, and they'll get the word out, and then I'll contact the people that are on my list and let them know what's going on. And um, we were I was just very excited about it. Um, my little... Postcard group, we were having parties at my house before COVID came. And um, we got very concerned about the children being kept in cages on the border. So we started going out every week for a year to Courthouse Square with our signs. And there'd be five of us or six of us. But we felt like we were spreading the word. We were getting responses from people going by, from people driving by. So we felt it was worthwhile. 
Well, like Margaret Mead said, don't under, underestimate the power of just one individual. Yeah. Yes. You know, that's what people ask me. Well, how many people are listening to your show? I say, wait a minute. If there's just one woman out there that maybe I change her mind, maybe mm -hmm. that she becomes active, I'm happy. I mean, I'm not going to look at numbers. I'm not looking to be a celebrity. Yeah. I'm just yeah. looking to, to help and to pass the word. So that really, that's something to be admired. And I hope women out there are listening that hear this. That, and, you know, each and every one of us, if we just do one little thing, imagine what could happen you know if we just put the pressure put the pressure on the local paper that's what I want <laughs> well you know from from both of your perspectives uh, what what are some ways that you know people can politically get active what are some thoughts that you have I mean the marches are very important but they come and go mm -hmm. and but what has to be active you have to be active I know one thing I try to do is encourage my listeners to write letters to the editors make phone calls to your yeah. your your congressmen your senators your low and pay attention Attention to your local people. What, Marianne? What ideas? What What are some things that you think are important that people can do? Um, I I like getting involved with political campaigns, especially right now. Um, another good thing is setting up monthly donations to um, small nonprofits across the country. Um, I've got <laughs> I've got President Joe Biden's email, <laughs> his contact. Uh, saved on my computer so every time something happens good or bad it's nice to send a thank you for doing this or hey you could be doing this better you know save your local representatives um in the california senate their their email their contact stuff um they pay attention to that you know they have someone that goes through and tallies like this many people are supporting this many people aren't supporting um you know campaigning getting people to vote I don't know. What do you think, Becky? Yeah. She does lots of stuff. Uh, Tony the Democrat. Um, if you go online to look for Tony the Democrat, they are doing postcarding year-round, and they get involved in so many levels of government that we kind of lose track of the importance of these groups. But, like, for example, um, the Pima Water Agency was having an election and they had green people running for the board for a change. So we were writing postcards to the people in that water district. Mm -hmm. But we also write for uh, candidates for Congress and people like that. So you can get involved in that. Well, those are some wonderful suggestions. Well, we've come to the end of this segment. This has been absolutely wonderful having you. Any Thank last you. words? Like, do you have a website or anything people can get in a hold of you or any other plans for the future? Um, my Instagram is Sonoma Rin Resources. Um, it's just kind of a place where I shout out local things that are going on locally, people that are running for election locally. Um, I think as far as in the future, we're probably having a rally the Friday before November 8th. So I think that'd be November 4th or something. What time? At like 4 p.m. probably. Okay. It's not final yet, but, um... We'll probably be having a rally around there just to get out the vote, remind people to turn in those ballots. Well, you will get in touch with me. Yes, make yes, sure yes. To announce it. Well, thank, thank you. I want to thank both of you for coming in. This has been really wonderful, and congratulations. Thank on you what so you much did. for having us. Thank you. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you so much. I mean, it's just, it's just amazing. It's just amazing, ladies. Thank, Thank you. you so much for being here. You're well, we're going to take another musical break, and the song I'm going to be playing, and I think it's very appropriate for what's going on with Athena House, is called uh, Ain't Gonna Let Nobody Turn Me Around. 
and the world feels as if it's in a major transition, which is filled with fear and uncertainty, yet a group of dedicated women were able to gather and literally save a Tina House in Santa Rosa. When we return, I will be talking with Jasmine Palmer about Athena House and its struggle and the program itself. So let's go ahead, Ken, and play that. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. no one's going to turn us around. Well, welcome back. You're listening to Women's Spaces, and I'm your host, Elaine B. Holtz. And without further ado, I want to introduce my guest. Again, joining me in the studio, I love it, we have live people, is Jasmine Palmer. Welcome, Jasmine. Welcome to Women's Spaces. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. Well, this is our second interview, and let me just tell just a little bit about you. For 20 years, Jasmine has been using meth. She used meth and living lifestyle that came along with it, and on November 9, 2011, she was arrested, and fortunately, some of her sentence was six months in treatment at Athena House. What an amazing event. This is where she learned how to live, and we will be talking about Athena House and what happened. And also, he is now working, you now are working in the field of drug and rehab. Am I correct? I have in the past. Well, yeah, now I kind of do everything. But um, I was a drug and alcohol counselor, yeah, at different points. I was at Athena House for a while and a couple other facilities, too. Well, welcome once again, and we're going to talk about Athena House. So so give us give us a little background. You know, you had... The house was going to be, the whole program was going to be shot down. Tell us what happened and how you got involved. So I was actually a board member for CHD, California Human Development, and um, for financial reasons, they made the decision to end programs, and I um, 
I took action. I didn't see any other option. I, I didn't feel like it, the program could close. It just wasn't an option. And so, um, unfortunately, I had to resign from the board and because I had to get the information out to the media. We needed a new service provider. And the only way to do that was to, you know, get it out on the on the radio and in the news and the newspaper and stuff. And I I wasn't able to, as a board member, I, all of that had to be directed towards the CEO or um, the the secretary of the of the board. So I, I resigned and I and I just went forward from there. There's it's been no stopping basically until just recently. Well, why did you why did you feel personally? What was your own personal thing that you felt when you heard the news? What was it that you felt what what was going to be lost if you didn't do something? Oh, gosh. You know, I I've I've heard I've read statistics lately. I I I'm kind of a social worker with um our more vulnerable populations and I refer to treatment facilities and there's not really any options these days uh, for treatment. And, you know, I, f- I feel like it's becoming, and with fentanyl becoming so prevalent within our community, you know, and, and I think it was 2019 or 2020, we were number two in the state with the highest fatal overdoses from fentanyl. Here in Sonoma County? Sonoma County. Oh, I Sonoma didn't County. Know that. Oh, my God. So, I mean, being number two in the state, I mean, that's per capita, of course, you know, but it, that's. I mean, that's a lot of lives lost, and um, I've known a lot of people that haven't made it, and it just doesn't, It, it's just, it's wild that we don't have so many more treatment facilities, or, you know, I mean, there's all this funding going into, or this, you know, going into housing, but it's like, I mean, to maintain stability, you know, it's like, we can, we can house people, but how are they gonna, how does it become sustainable, you know, so it's like, uh, it's putting the 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 carriage before the horse or you know it's all these things they're just important you know it's an athena house i know what it did for me and i can't imagine it not being available for more women to come well one of the things that i pointed out at the beginning of the show what i felt was so important about athena house what is it was a women's program Mm -hmm. so women could just focus on their lives rather than the relationship aspect of it that gets a little confusing when you have both of the sexes together so the idea of, and you know, as, as I've told you in the past, you know, I was one of the first counselors, uh, you know, in the program. So I was very, very attached to it. So what, how is it that you came, how did you get the funding going? I mean, that's the whole purpose. The purpose of this show today is to bring you on and talk about and to, to validate for what you did. I mean, you brought people together and, you know, I know that you're very, you're kind of, you're a little bit on the humble side, but I see it a little bit different. I see that you were an organizer, you and there was a woman by the name of Brooke that also brought all these people together. And and what happened? How did the funding happen? Oh, gosh, so many miracles unfolded. It was um, in all, you know, the timing was just, it's been a wild ride. It Everything happened in the timing that it needed to. We were actually, it was down to the wire. We were trying to get, um, we were trying to find a a private donor or raise enough money, which I didn't, I knew wouldn't happen necessarily, but like finding a private donor within the community to purchase, um, Hope Village, which is a, it's three lots. It's where our sober living homes already were. I mean, already are. And, you know, there was 30 women living there that were going to, um, become homeless potentially if we, we didn't make this all happen. And so the last day that somebody could put a bid on the property, um, Brooke and um, Shirley Zane and, uh, you know, other people just, 
made it happen. You know, they contacted um, the Gallagher family, and they were just, I mean, it. they were moved and wanted to help, and they they put a bid on the property for us. And so, um, unfortunately, we had found um, Buckaloo, who was willing to, you know, I mean, there's still a whole process with the county to get the county contract and everything like that, but Buckaloo's willing to, you know, be the new service provider and stuff. So, um, but the Gallagher's, they came in and they really, they saved the day. I mean, we have a lot of heroes. We have a, a lot of heroes that made this all happen. And I just, I mean, seeing the community come together, I think that was the hugest, hugest thing that um, pulled on my heartstrings. Who were the butlers? <laughs> the, the Buckaloo, the Buckaloo program? Yeah, who's the head? So the Buckaloo program, they do uh, mental health services and substance use services here in um, Sonoma County and in Marin County and then uh, Napa County. So um, they already have a lot of similar contracts with the county um, for services. Um, and so they're familiar, but um, they, they do amazing work, amazing work. So they came in. Yeah, well, I know the assistant director there, and her and I were talking, and she was just beside herself, and she was like, we have to do something. She talked to the CEO, Chris Coon, and, and, and said, we have to do something, and so we got them on board, and um, yeah, but the, the last day that that bid could be put, you know, placed on the property was a, a wild day. <laughs> so, so that program became the sponsors, or they, the, 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 they ran it, and then the... And then the uh, the, the Gallagher's came in and, and made the bid on the property. Right, so right. So do the Gallagher's own the property and you're paying them, or how does that work? So the Gallagher's, they, they own the property, and they're actually, and it was pretty run down. It was kind of a, it was a big project. And so um, they're doing all the renovations to all the, I think there's five houses that are on the property, and they're doing all the renovations in I, you know, I heard there's going to be like a play structure and there's it just, they're doing it all. They're, they, you know, they do development. So that's kind of up the, right up their alley. They were the, the perfect people. And they're obviously their heart was exactly who we, what we needed, you know? I mean, it, it's just, I, I, I'm beyond grateful, beyond grateful. So do you feel that the, the, the program is a lot stronger now because of what happened and that, 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 that that you're not no longer under the umbrella of CHDC. Well, so I, so I think that that it's going to be it's become an amazing opportunity. I think it's going to, yeah, be above and beyond. I think CHD has done a great job, but I I think that this is um, a blessing in disguise, definitely. Well, we've come to the end of the segment. It's really quick, but I just wanted to have you on just to validate that you did it, to say congratulations. And if there's any special shout-outs, I want to do a shout-out to Shirley Zane. You know, and I knew when I knew when I the minute I saw it and I knew I said, Shirley, you're the one. Yeah. <laughs> you're the one. So I want to do a shout-out for her and also shout out to the Gallagher's for coming forward. And and you know, there's you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of things that are said, say, about the Gallagher's and even about Shirley Zane and all these other different things. But the bottom line is, when trouble happens, sometimes people have seen the opportunity to do some good and they step in. And I just want to say thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Any last words? Any website people can get a hold of you or any more questions that they have? So I still have my email address, um, Keeping Hope Alive. It's keeping hope underscore alive at outlook.com. Um, I respond to any kind of questions or, or feedback um, through there for through 
throughout this. So, um, but yeah, a huge shout out to, to Buckaloo programs and, and the Gallagher family and, and everybody else. There's too many names to name, but a lot of people really showed, showed a lot of support and especially you, Elaine, you know, it's there's, I've, I've seen so much heart and soul and it's just been a very emotionally, uh, it's been an emotional journey. I must say that. So yeah. And I'm just, I'm grateful, very grateful. Well, Jasmine Palmer, I want to thank you for coming back on Women's Spaces and giving us the giving us the insight into that. And I want you to know you are one of my heroes. Don't leave. <laughs> I have a little gift for you before you leave. Well, folks, that's it for our show. You know, I, I want to thank uh, Mariana uh, Germana and Becky Montgomery for the organizers who uh, coordinated the Women's March. And, of course, uh, Jasmine Palmer, who had so much energy into helping to keep Athena House alive. I want to thank her. I just think it's just exciting. And don't forget, uh, tell your friends, Women's Spaces will be aired again at 11 p.m. this evening. You know, I'm so excited. I get to listen to my own show. And remember, the children are our future, and we must never, never, never lose sight of that. And a special reminder, all the different websites and everything that we gave, you can all find all the information you need at www.womenspaces.com. This is Elaine B. Holt. You've been listening to Women's Spaces. Thank you so much for listening. And please support your public radio. It's so important. It really is. It's so important that we get the word out, particularly. And anybody that supports Women's Spaces, you make a donation. I'm happy to send you a little card with the pledge. Thank you so much for listening. previous Women's Spaces show was recorded on Monday, October 10th, 2022.